0: Queros Cammy here. You know, this summer I'm traveling a lot, and so for the first time we are replaying a few Query episodes. Last week we did Rebecca Sugar, and a lot of you got in touch and said you'd missed it the first time around, and that you were so happy to hear that again. Both I heard both things. <laughs> which is great. So this week we are replaying uh Trevon Free's episode. What Trevon had to say about being a black bisexual man is just I mean, beautiful, impactful. When Sierra and I were looking through the episode to try to figure out how to cut out a little clip, we just, we went back and forth on a bunch of different options. So I, I hope that if you missed this one the first time around, that you listen this time, and we will be back with a new episode next week for our burr, 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 100th episode. And don't you worry, because I have a chat with Adam Rapon already in the bank. And uh, that person is lovely and an Olympic medalist figure skater. Also, if you live in Los Angeles, I will be performing at 8 p.m. this Saturday, August 17th, doing a full hour at Dynasty Typewriter, which is a theater downtown. You can get tickets at CameronEsposito.com tour. And I really hope to see you there. Enjoy the episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm stolen Okay, so first of all, just like congrats on waking up in <laughs> time to make it to like a noon recording. Yeah. You were telling me that you were working really late last night. Yeah,
1: we finished at almost three, and I was like happy it was it was only three. It was supposed to be like four or five. You look fresh. I, I mean, got I you look got a de- good. I got a decent amount of sleep. I think I woke up like three times because my body's so used to getting up at five a.m. now yeah. for our, our normal calls. And I just can't sleep past a certain point anymore. It's no, really I weird. totally they get broke it. me.
0: I have a stupid window in my bedroom that I that is like really, really small, so I'd have to get something specifically made to cover it. Right. And my wife and I let it stay open because then the sun wakes us up. Right. Which is like a cool thing <laughs> as opposed to an alarm when you're like, oh my God, the earth woke me up. Like that feels right. cool.
1: I hate that so much. But oh my god. But I
0: don't mind it. But I will say that. On days like today when you, like, really need to sleep in, it is just, yeah, a punishment we've given to ourselves.
1: Well, they're fixing the roof on the house next door to where I'm staying, and it's literally right outside the window, right next to the bed. Ideal. every morning at about 7 a.m., I hear just constant hammering, just hammering, hammering, and then I'll hear someone... speaking to each other in spanish and they'll laugh and then there will be more hammering so they ha- they do jokes between hammering I mean that's
0: that's the other thing is that I that I always notice with like I mean of course when there's some, when it's somebody's job like they're at work they're having fun right. with their buddies they're like having a good time. they're not nobody's on my schedule where I'm like if you honestly if you if you enjoy each other's company for one more fucking second <laughs> I'm going to come out there and end you There was um, one time
1: I legit thought they were in my apartment like <laughs> oh, shit. they are in here hammering how did you get in here
0: Yeah I, I don't know <laughs> I want to start, well, first of all, we've already begun our charming conversation, <laughs> but I usually have guests introduce themselves, so would you introduce yourself?
1: Uh, hello, I am Trayvon Free, and uh, I am a TV writer, comedy person, stand-up, all that stuff. Um, what else do I do? That's that's a good description, I think.
0: I feel like you've got a lot of cool <laughs> stuff going on in I your life like, right yeah, now. What I are do, you working on?
1: I'm working on camping on HBO currently with Jennifer Garner and David Tennant. Um, my own show on HBO uh, with Issa Rae.
0: That f- the, um, I wish that you could see like your sort of sh- face and <laughs> how chill you start. You tried to roll that out, like you tried to make that be like a. And then, like as a sidebar, this other thing is, like, a small project. <laughs> it's a
1: uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It keeps me busy, and then like got a couple movie projects that I'm trying to um, to work on. So I don't I don't have. A ton of free time especially now that we're filming and I end up having to tell people like it's I really have no time right now to do anything so people will hit me up and I'll be like let me get back to you and they'll like literally like two days later so can you I'm like don't like please no you don't understand (laughs)
0: like go get a degree like the amount of time that it takes you to become a doctor, right, like then right, come back to me right, after that. Seriously, I'm actually I'm so shocked that you found time in your schedule for us. I'm stoked because well, I, I know how well not I know, but I see from the internet how busy you are, and I believe you on the internet. I believe the <laughs> things that you tell me are true. So. It works.
1: It works out. I mean, part of it's funny. Part of it is like documentation of like I told you that I'm where I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, also, yeah, for sure. So, but also like I I try to like schedule some things in in my, like, time that I, so I can still do other things. But there are also times where you just budget time for yourself, and then people want to use that time, and you're like, no, no, no. I'm at home doing nothing, not because I have time to hang out with you, <laughs> but because I need this time because I don't have it anywhere else.
0: Are you good at doing that, like keeping that time for yourself? No, oh,
1: I'm so bad at it. I end up... Giving it away all the time.
0: Yeah, I, I, I sometimes feel so guilty yeah. about that. Where, and even and then I'll start to feel like a loser. Like it's it's so weird what I can justify feeling like about right. having. It's like, oh, a night at home. What am I trash? And then it's <laughs> like, no man. Like you're gonna you're gonna burn out. Yeah, you so need quickly. It. you You yeah.
1: really need it. And then you find yourself bored. And you're like, oh, I should just go hang out. And you're like, no, I shouldn't mm, do that. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. what I need to do. Absolutely, just let my brain not have any type of exterior stimulus. Just be at home and chill out.
0: Yeah, and enjoy your like enjoy refilling all of the
1: yeah everything that's been stores. drained from you. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta
0: you gotta build it back up. And we also, I don't know how much you can talk about, but for your show with Issa Rae. Where where are you with that? Where um, are you in the process?
1: We are in the basically waiting for everybody to finally agree on the script that mm-hmm. we that we have because the the plan is to do the plans to do the show and so as far as I know it's just getting everybody on board with a version of it that uh everyone likes which is Pretty much, I think the last draft. I haven't gotten notes back on it, but I think that was the one where I feel like that's the one. So oh, I'm excited. i <laughs> will <Well>, <laughs> knock on all the yeah. available wood. Yeah, I think that's the, the one. So I mean, once we do that, um, I think the plan is to just go into start to start doing the show because I also. Oh wait, I don't know if I can talk about that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> there is another thing.
0: Okay. All uh, right. There's another thing? There's another thing that
1: involves some really amazing people. Well, that's exciting. That's actually, like, pretty much, I mean, it is a done deal. It's just a matter of, like, what happens next, but... I don't know. I've not been told I couldn't talk about it, but I'm going to err on the side of not.
0: <laughs> well, you sound like a man of mystery, so it's even kind of cool. So just but like, when it yeah, is, I've when got it, all these huge things moving, but I can't discuss any of them. It's
1: so funny how like I legit forgot about it. <laughs> mm.
0: The show for, the show with Issa Rae, part of the reason that I reached out and wanted to talk to you, I mean, number one, you're a cool, interesting person in the world. We should oh, just know each you. other. But also that show... The main character is Am yeah. I a bisexual black dude? Yes. Like that's that's yeah. true. It's a yeah. bisexual black dude? Yeah. At the center of a television show? Right. Can I just like give you a <laughs> All right. fucking high five? That is so great.
1: <laughs> when did when did that happen?
0: It's Never. it's incredible. Yeah. You would I mean that would be is that I mean that that's definitely the first show that would center on a character that identifies that way. Yeah. But then I don't even know if I can think of like too many characters that are like some side character with even one line, you know right, what I mean? Like right. that's how rare it is. It's yeah. like you can't even point to the other examples of like, Different. yeah, this person's cousin or best friend right. that like <laughs> yeah that was up part of the that was
1: part of the pitch, where it's just like this this doesn't exist anywhere. No one's telling the story. And uh, hey, look, here's a chance for us to tread new ground. This is what you guys like to do here, right? So, what do you want to do, HBO? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Put them put them on the. Put them on the hook for it. Like right. be the one to tell that story. Well, for for you, what does it feel like that folks would be interested in that as a concept? Because I feel like
1: I, I mean it for me it's dealing with this, the issues of, of masculinity and sexuality and being black and all the things that go along with that that for so long have been kind of like a thing you don't talk about in our community that it's like there are plenty of gay black people but it's it's always done or treated in a way at least in reality in a way where it's like it's okay if someone else's kid is gay but it can't be your kid or it's okay if it's their friend but not you like it's always a step removed and like it's we've we've become more accepting of it uh in the few in the last like 8 or 9 years since prop 8 but it's not moved very much like i there's still a lot of homophobia around uh black masculinity um that i think we need to deal with and i feel like i want to explore that and and put it in people's faces so that they can like really start to understand what it means to to be, to separate masculinity from from sexuality for one, because they don't go hand in have hand. nothing to do they with have each nothing other. at all to do with each other, but to also, like, tell a human story of like, we're just people like you, like just trying to live our lives, and it's not any different from you, and getting to the heart of like where that comes from, that animus towards. Gay people, and and uh, kind of calling calling us out on it, like you know, like like bringing it to the forefront and making us talk about it. Because once you see it in a way where it's centered, where it's not like a throwaway side character or uh, a passing mention, um, you have to deal with it. You have to decide, like, where do I where do I want to be, where do I want to stand in twenty eighteen on this issue. Like, am I going to be the person who's like still in the dark ages (laughs) or am I going to wake the fuck up and actually realize what I'm doing and what I'm thinking? And so I feel like a lot of the problems that we go through in the world and in this country are, are tied up in what it means to be a man and like how you define masculinity. And, Trying to like prove yourself to some other dude that you're a man, and it ends up resulting in school shootings and like all kind of crazy shit because society's telling you this is how a man behaves, and it's like that's bullshit.
0: So it must be really exhausting too. I mean, I, yeah. I think about how exhausting it is to be a woman in that in that culture that also like because men are so restricted, then women have to. It's it like one then leads to the other. Right. But I think that I mean when I think about the way that men are taught to patrol themselves around anything like emotions. Yeah. Um that just seems like I don't know how one would get through the day right. if you can't just like smile right. at somebody. If like that's like "Oh fuck you, smiling right. with right. this like weakness that you're showing me."
1: I mean men just started hugging each other. Like especially like black men just started hugging each other in a way that's not like uh, where you like dap someone up and put a like a wall between the two of you. Like I can in the last maybe like 10 or 15 years is when it was okay to actually wrap your arms around another man and it not be like weird or gay. You know what I mean? Like that's even that's relatively new. We're like, We've just kind of got out of the "quote unquote" no homo era. Remember when that was like? Oh
0: my god, absolutely every
1: fucking way. Like you couldn't do any. You couldn't say nice shirt to your friend without like qualifying it <laughs> with.
0: I mean, it was almost nice to have people say that because I then I got to see how often it was on people's minds. Right. You know, right, like it was yeah, almost it, like, yeah. oh, thank God you're finally admitting it because right. I know you've been worried about this. So <laughs> right. now you're like telling me to my face. Right. <laughs> well, I I also th- I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I. I was raised in a predominantly white area and I have, you know, like as a person that's a part of the LGBT community, some thoughts on like maybe why it's different in the black community, what you're saying, the, the, the specificity of that patrolling. But like, right. I, I also don't know if you have thoughts on why, what makes it different.
1: I mean, it one, I think a big part of it is it's just not talked about openly enough. It's, you hear about it at church, in the in the uh, in the context of it being against God. Rarely, like I can't. I remember. I can remember so many times growing up and hearing uh, how gay people were going to hell, which made it um, impossible to feel like a per- like grow up and feel like a person when you're like. Dealing with that internally, yeah, and your parents are dragging you to church every fucking week. I mean,
0: I had that too. You know, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and that was the same messaging I got. Yeah, something that seems a little different is like, as you grow up, if you're Catholic, a lot of folks like naturally leave the church anyway, right? Because it's not like a community or social hub. It's really like a place parents take their kids, and then like the the generation turns over, and then those parents take their kids, right? But it doesn't seem to serve the same like. A lot of folks that I know that are black folks that are adults have a, a relationship yeah. with the church that's it's, like it's, personal. It's, yeah, not it's very,
1: e- very deep, very connected. And so if you're growing up at a time where that's cons- your, the church you go to is telling you <clears throat> that's wrong and you can't, like, go to heaven <laughs> by yeah. being yourself. And, like, as a, in a black family, you can go to church th- two or three times a week. And if you're dealing with that, like, you're hearing that. Like, what does that do to your soul to, like, hear that so much and to, like, walk around feeling like the people who you love and care about, like, all think you're, like, going to hell. And so I feel like that coupled with the fact that it's 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 just not a thing that's talked about. Like, I have friends who have... Uh, African and Caribbean, like, parents who are very, very much, like, no. Yeah. Like, no. And, like, there are countries in Africa that have a very, like, crazy relationship with dealing with gay people and how they treat them. Um, But I feel like there's residue uh, of that all over our community here where if black men have been pushed into a, a corner in a way where... Their identity has become so uh, built up around like strength and protection and, and uh, like anger and, and all the things that are a product of what it means to be a black man in America up against white supremacy and all the things that happen to you on a daily basis. And so you end up hardening yourself in a way that's not healthy. But I think part of that hyper-masculinity is it's so connected to uh, dominance over women and, and how that makes you more of a man that it becomes impossible to talk about anything other than that or to be, to be seen as anything other than a man who, who conquers women. Um, that's just not a thing you can be. You can't be seen as powerful, masculine, strong – uh, and also like men, <laughs> yeah. and so it's it's a corner that's being turned. Like now, I notice I see more and more masculine men in gay spaces than I ever did when I was like in college or like in in my twenties. Which is like interesting. It's like oh, there's like the corner's being turned, but weirdly, it's a, you people separate themselves from the community to gain that freedom instead of staying in that community to, to like repair the mentality, to change the minds, to like help people. grow, I
0: totally know what you're talking about. I mean, first of all, I want to say like, it makes perfect sense to me that a community or a demographic that has been subjugated for hundreds of years (laughs) uh, would then feel like if I relax for a second, I'm going to be victimized. Right. Like, of course that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So I think like it's on culture to make black men feel safe. Right. So that like you, so that one could let down your guard for a fucking second. Like right. that, that's real. Right. So like, Oh, why do, why would a black man have to perform hyper masculinity? I feel like the answer is right. like in our history or it's literally like open Twitter, like yeah, open Twitter right. today, exactly. yesterday or any time. <laughs> you know, like, you know, right. and, you know, the answers are there.
1: And, and just th- so people know, like it, like, no one is saying black people are the only homophobic people on the planet. Oh, like, no, yeah. Like, people always love to throw that out there. And, but we're talking specifically about this, me, my experience. So I just like to throw that out there because people always go, You make it seem like black people. It's like, no, I'm black. I'm talking about <laughs> my experience. I'm talking about my community. We know, like, they come in all shades of colors. <laughs> like, but that's not what it is.
0: I'm really glad you said that. I'm really glad that you said that, and yes, of course that's true. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to, like, be an ally that asks, like, the right questions that comes up from a place of understanding, but also not be a white person that's <laughs> like, oh, what is it like in your community? Because my well, community, we fucking figured it out. Like, <laughs> nah, man, no, man, I travel just, this country. I know what it's
1: like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, different, it's different negative experiences. From everybody's community, whether you're Muslim, Mm -hmm. black, white, whatever it is, like there's there are plenty of LGBT supporting black people who aren't in the community. Um, But the the problems that we face when you hear uh, people talking about gay people negatively in in spaces that are very masculine, like barbershops and places like that which I still hear, like, constantly. Um, you you have to get, you have to figure out, like, what it is about when a group of black men get together that they feel that that's, like, what are you, why are you holding on to that hateful? Like, where is that coming from? And especially when you don't know who, who, who's among you, like, who might be a member of that community, like, you're just talking about it. Openly, and I think, like it, it, with with my family, when I came out in, well, almost ten years ago,
0: I like that you looked at your watch. <laughs> I made know, me right? feel
1: great. <laughs>
0: What's today's date? <laughs> June second. have a you have a reminder set. <laughs> <laughs> it's an anniversary <laughs> reminder. <laughs>
1: uh, like since that happened. It's never come up again.
0: Oh wow. Wow.
1: Like it's never no one asks like I think the only person I have conversations with <clears throat> openly about it is my sister. But like no one asks who I'm dating or like anything like that. And and anytime it's ever brought up, it's in the context of women.
0: Hey, man, I'm really – you know what? I'm, like, genuinely sorry to hear that. And, you know, a, I I have heard that from so many folks. Like, I know that is a, an experience that a lot of people in the community have. Yeah. Where it's, like, you come out and then sometimes folks are just like, okay, well, we did that as if it's, like, a hurdle, not <laughs> right. your life. You know, right. like, it's just like, oh, made it through. Right. Okay, and then you're like, well, I'm still living every yeah, day. You know, never. like, I would love to give you some context about what my life is like.
1: Right, because like, I would always joke with my friends, like – the the fact that the last two people I dated were women, it makes it easy to not talk about. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> so like, it just becomes like not a, at all a thing until like one day, if I ever come home with a guy, uh, then it's like here we go again, guys. <laughs> You're like, oh, what, we what we happened? thought that we weren't ta- if we didn't <laughs> right. talk about it, we wouldn't wake <laughs> would, the giant that was like in the away. corner sleeping.
0: Right. Well, that's when you said when you said when you were talking about. um Folks, like, sort of completely separate themselves and, like, creating this other uh, community. Like, that. Right. that's why I said I know just what you're talking about because I think – well, there's a specificity in being bisexual that – and that, this, that's not just true for the black community. That's true for, like, every community where there's, mm-hmm. like, um, this hyper – queer identified right. part of culture where it's like, no, I just go to gay bars. I like love right. drag. I mean, we know right. what it looks like, right? right? That thing. And because of what it is to be bi, I would imagine it's like you can't fully right. live in that space. Or, you, I mean, you can. I guess you could be bi, date men for the rest of your life, yeah. never, you know. But right. because you might occasionally, like, have this um, – shift in how you're read by the outside world it's like you're straddling this line where like you kind of can't fully dive into that community it's like i think about i mean again just talking about tv it's like i think about the show noah's ark did you ever watch that show
1: i did it's like a big fan of noah's ark i love noah's ark but it's
0: also like about a very self-contained gay community yeah
1: when my show got announced i remember uh there was an account one of those like Entertainment type accounts that tweeted, My show was would be the first show with a queer black lead since that show. And I remember replying to it that, like, Patrick Ian Polk was like my like savior when I was a kid, like, when I was in, in college and that show was out. Because look what you like, just did.
0: Do you see that I have goosebumps on my arm? Actual, literal <laughs> goosebumps.
1: <laughs> and he replied to it. It was one of those things where it's like, I having. S- That show, seeing that even though they were all gay, it was still like just seeing black men be anything other than straight was amazing. And I remember at the time when I first discovered the show, I bought the DVDs and I hid them because I didn't want anybody to like just – stumble upon them and be like what's this what's all this about? oh like, he's like
0: really into the church i guess just like, <laughs> just like very into <laughs> right. saving animals two <laughs> by two <laughs> right
1: yeah, it's just like just a good show that i watch no no reason um but yeah like like having to like watch that in secret as like a college like what was it like 20 i had i had to be like in my early 20s like toward the end of college um I feel like we're maybe
0: the same-ish age. How old are you?
1: 33.
0: Okay, I'm 36, so I'm a little older than you. But, like, same thing where I was, like, discovering that. Right. Because, like, that show was uh, not, like, sort of concurrently with the L Word after Queer as Folk. So there had been, like, literally, like, three shows that had at all a community. But then Queer as Folk, I don't know if – I don't remember any black characters – on the L word, there was one. There <laughs> right. was one who, like, stood for all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all uh,
1: That's usually how it is. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: And then, um, but Nora's Ark was great because those those actors also had, like, chemistry with each other. Yeah. There was, was a lot of care.
1: And they weren't, like, they were being fully who they were. Like, Patrick and mm-hmm. Polk did a great job with just being, like, I'm going to make these characters like the people I know. And it was just great to see it even if you like didn't like necessarily care for the content or whatever it was it was like these people are living a a version of my life (laughs) do you remember how you heard about it i'm so curious i think it might have come from uh i think i might have even saw an ad on logo or something right because i used to watch when like I remember when Logo got announced and I was like, oh, yeah, a channel, like with with stuff, with anything that I'm like might be able to relate to in another way. And uh, it was like such a big deal. And like Kate McKinnon was on that like big oh, gay, yeah, gay yeah. sketch big gay show. Oh, yeah, yeah, big gay sketch show. Absolutely. And uh, she was she was like, that was great. And I think it was because I saw an ad for it because it had been – I don't think I had come into it in season one. Maybe I did. Um, but I think it definitely came from watching Logo and I was like, oh shit, black people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here on Logo, you think? Impossible. (laughs) Well, because, you know, you and I also are like kind of at at an age where it's like, this isn't that long ago, but you wouldn't have heard about it on social media, which is also why I asked because it's like we had to kind of like learn about things like you're saying with like an ad Yeah, like what what? what would like that be commercials you, right. how would you even find yeah. yeah someone telling you or like like digging into some like blog and right. then like clicking through right. a bunch of time and being like I don't even know about this like yeah. the way I found movies and stuff like that like when I was sort of at the same age where I would be um Like, I had, like, original Netflix. Well, my girlfriend did. I didn't have original Netflix. I've, like, never had a Netflix account ever. But my girlfriend did, and we would kind of, like, get... Like, I always think about the DVDs that we would get of The L Word or, like, whatever movie we would find. Right. And we watched, like, anything gay. Like, so gay gay dudes, like, literally everything. But then I, I thought so many times about... Those physical discs, which were probably being shipped to like every gay person right. in America's right. house.
1: It was a way to just identify. <laughs> like if like, they
0: just fingerprinted right. them, they would have had all of us. Right. They could, like Mike Pence, you fucking missed it, man. Like, you you it had was, your chance. It was
1: Netflix DVDs. We That's were all, all touching them and right. then like, yeah. Like you could putting have had them, your database.
0: <laughs> putting them right back in, mailing <laughs> them to each other. Do you still have those DVDs, the Noah's Ark I do. DVDs? I yeah. still
1: have them in storage somewhere with all my other DVDs that (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to do with (laughs) this? I I have a box with like (laughs) 300 DVDs from when people watch movies on DVD.
0: Do you remember any other thing like after that that made you feel like when you watched
1: it? I remember weirdly... Do you remember the movie Edge of Seventeen?
0: <sighs> what it, is that? I, th- it was
1: this like – it was like a white gay coming-of-age movie. Like this kid, high school kid, like kind of falls in love with this like older kid who was like – I think he's like either a senior or a freshman in college and –
0: Well, was this like – Escaped my.
1: It's a. It was, this it's, is my superpower. It's like a, I like
0: know all queer media. It's but like you a have fairly something. I it was
1: know. like a. It's like a fairly well known like gay coming of age movie. Wow, I'm ashamed. Um, I've seen it maybe twice, but the first time I saw it, it was like, um, I was like, oh man, this is like really fucking cool. Like to see this story, like a high school kid discovering himself, like through this other like older boy and like figuring out like what's going on and like who he is and um, it was I I saw that actually like on Logo I think it was Mm. and it was one of those things where you go you know how people are always like I think Kumail Nanjiani mentioned this at the Oscars about like people saying you can't have black and brown movies because white people can't see themselves in it and you're like he's like I've been seeing myself in white movies my entire life. Like, how is this a thing? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can watch anything and identify with it if you're not like a fucking asshole who's <laughs> like yeah. thinking, "Well, I would, I would love this movie if that character was my skin color." Like, no, like every movie is pretty much for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> almost every every year, ninety percent of the movies look the people look like you. So, what are you complaining about? Like, just be a human and watch the movie. I feel and that
0: way as a comic all the time because yeah. sometimes you know people will be like how is somebody supposed to relate to your comedy? I'm like, I am being so specific about my life because that's how I'm going to tell you how I feel in the world like as a human right. e- emotionally with partners. If you if that feels like like the specificity doesn't work for you, You, yeah, you lack empathy. Yeah. Because I'm talking about, like, you know when you're dating and you have this feeling or when you're married and that's how you are or you're like a goon, you feel like a weirdo in your skin and stuff and your body, and then it's like these are all really relatable things. It's just that I'm getting specific because that's how I'm trying to show you who I am. Right. So, like, meet me there. Meet me at specificity, not necessarily I don't need you to be a lesbian. I right. don't need you to be white. Right? You can yeah. be whoever you, you are. You can just
1: watch the movie and be like, "That's a thing that I have felt before." Yeah. As a human, right. <laughs> it doesn't matter what color the person who's projecting this story onto me is. It's and just
0: people forget all the time how much underrepresented communities have had to do this for
1: forever. Our entire lives. Yeah, forever. <laughs>
0: and then also, like, especially now, there's like, what uh, three massively commercially successful movies starring? like a uh, mostly black cast, and so everybody's just yeah. like, well, I guess it's all <laughs> movies are black now. And you're like, I think it's been three. Uh,
1: right, I think we right. had Girls
0: Trip. It, I think we had Black Panther. Right. I think we had Moonlight. And like, they
1: panic. Yeah, like, like wait, what's <laughs> happening? All the movies are black? Like, no, it's three. It just turns out people of color have money to spend, and they yeah. want to see themselves right. in media. It
0: also turns out that like people of color actually know other people of color.
1: <laughs> right. It's
0: not like you were saying earlier, just like one random, right. like, Like, a scientist who's who's just, like, cast as a black man walking through the background (laughs) and pushing up their glasses. I disagree. And then, like, the the rest of the movie is just, like, white people shooting dinosaurs. I feel like there are movies where there might be a whole community of people that know each other, just like like in real life.
1: What world do these people live in? Or (laughs) they're like, it's two black people (laughs) in the whole fucking town. Where did you grow up? Compton. Mm. Yeah.
0: And... Do you still go to, like, the same church or do you still know any um, of the same folks? Because, like, I, mean, I, I, I grew up so far away from here. My life is very different now than it was then.
1: I know a lot of people who still live there who I went to school with or who I grew up with. My family, my some of my family still lives there. Um, I'm not there very often just because I'm, like, mostly I live in New York primarily and uh, – since I've been oh, here. I didn't
0: realize that. I thought you lived here primarily. You oh, live in no. New York primarily. Yeah,
1: cool. but I just came back in January to work on camping, and I had just gave up my LA apartment like a week and a half before they offered me this job to come back Perfect. out of here. <laughs> and so, yeah, since I had since I had moved there initially for John Stewart, I had um I had just that's just where I had been living, and um, but I don't because like Compton is like in LA traffic a 45 minute journey from like West Hollywood and the hours that I work I just never have time to go home and but my mom lives even further away she's like way in like San Bernardino somewhere mm-hmm. uh so that's like an hour and a half 2 hour it can be a 2 hour commute so um yeah it's just I I do I still know a lot of people there but I'm not there as often
0: I guess I thought you had lived here the whole time, which is why it always is interesting to me when folks are like from LA and then they live and work here. Because I just don't. For me, like working here and living here is is so. Like I moved here at thirty, so it feels very much like of my adult life. And I restarted, and, right. I, and all the friends I have now are people who met me at thirty. You know, right. I didn't have like I don't have folks around me who like knew me prior to coming out and stuff right. like that. Those folks live in Boston or they live in Chicago. They live right. at like different parts of my life. So for me. L.A. feels very, um, like, located in just a certain part of my life, which I think would be different to, like, live here, make a show like you're making, and there's people around who you knew or who knew you at different times in your life. Well, yeah,
1: because the the plan is to shoot the show in New York, actually, and um, I don't know where we'll write it. Hopefully we'll write it in New York, but um, I don't... It's funny because my friends a lot of my black friends know about me being out and everything some of them at least Um, and it'll come up very like rarely like even if I see them um, it will almost never be a part of the conversation Um, but like when the Gay Times cover came out last week a lot of people were sending me like congratulations about that but then there were people who were like I had no idea. And it's so funny because even though I've talked about it for so long on so many different outlets and so many different, like, interviews and things, there's still so many people who are just like, I didn't know. And I feel like I can't talk about it enough, (laughs) (laughs) like, to get people to just be – that's why I was so happy about the show, too, because I was like, this will finally make it so that I have to stop, like – coming out a hundred times a year (laughs) to like so people just see it and then you know and even still people like having the show be announced like there's still people who i like know who are just like really i had no. i i guarantee you there's people who i work with on camping who still don't know even though there are a lot of them who do there's still people i bet you who, who, who have no idea and wow. it's such a funny, like, world to live in where you are constantly feeling like you're still having to tell people. Or, like, if it comes up in any way, you have to, like, do that all over again, over and over and over again. So I'm I'm very happy to, like, get to a point eventually where I don't have to keep doing that. Where it's like... I get that. Look at that billboard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that. I mean, I... Uh, I think sometimes folks that like – sometimes straight folks don't understand that a big part of why I talk about my sexuality and why I like started as a comic talking about my sexuality so openly is to do exactly what you're talking about. Is just like come out all the time at once like up top like just like right. a real swirl of coming out just because like – it's so exhausting on a daily basis right. to just be like, no, this is what's going on. And it sometimes can be very uncomfortable too because it's like right. a coworker You're trying to fit like, okay, how do I like shoehorn this in here? Or yeah. like, you know, you're just trying to live your life.
1: I love That's why I love when people ask questions like talk about like especially like if you're a close friend of mine or someone like, yeah, ask like talk about it. Like that's how we fucking like – Move the needle, like, have the conversations. Like, don't feel weirded out that you, like, can't bring it up. Like, if you, you have a question, like, just fucking ask. How, like, are you seeing any? Like, I do have friends who will who ask me, like, who I'm seeing or if I'm seeing anybody, and they tend to fall on uh, either people, the people closest to me or, like, my gay and lesbian friends. Um, but... It's it's funny how people shy so hard away from it. It's and then really it puts funny. all the
0: burden on you. Yeah. Like you have to be the one that brings it up.
1: Yeah. Like if if I just like show up one day with a boyfriend, it's just like, okay, so this is what we're doing. <laughs> oh, man. Does that feel kind of lonely?
0: Like the people don't ask you stuff?
1: Um, It's funny you say that. It is a little uh, – I've been actually trying to write about this. Like I was thinking about just writing – an essay because people have been asking me to write for different like outlets or contribute or whatever of just like how do you feel, how are you surrounded by people and lonely at the same time? Yeah. And it's such a uh, a crazy thing that i just been like mulling over of just like living in this like straddling two worlds and um, also trying to like date and in, in those kind of things it just makes it it's i'm trying i'm even still still processing it like now especially like this is probably the longest I've been single in like three or four years maybe um so that's also been interesting this like the timing of it all like being single when you're like on a magazine cover or oh, like, wow. and like the all the things that like oh, go, wow. that go yeah. along with That's that. a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, now I don't know. Like you can't even decipher who actually is interested in you and who oh, actually wow. is interested in like the person with the TV show. And oh, the man. Like I'm the, like
0: grabbing my forehead <laughs> because this <laughs> does sound like a lot. It's it, a lot.
1: It's – it's it's we it's stressful in a way that I can barely process sometimes. Where it's just like I, I'm. It's like what the fuck am I like? What is happening? <laughs> like what is going on? Mm. And like I feel like now at this age, I'm getting to the point where I like want to just have a consistent, steady, good thing in my life and not have to uh spend the next like three or four years dating that kind of shit. Like, like especially now, but um but also being overly cautious about like who who you end up dating, that kind of thing. Um but it is complicated. The
0: cautiousness is from not knowing if people are genuine, is that what it's from?
1: Yeah, like just kind of like I get it. Like if I'm always I'm always like if you didn't find me from this thing? Would you have like still, would you still be sending me these messages? (laughs) Like that kind of thing. But at the same time, um, I feel like it pushes you to fall back on people you are familiar with. Sure. Because you're like, at least I know this person. I've known this person for a certain period of time. They know the time. real me. They know yeah. who I am. And so I trust that their connection is is genuine. And um I mean I'm looking forward to like not having to do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, also
0: some of that's okay. Like some some of is, somebody knowing um like what you're about right. can be okay. Sure. Because like I'm at I met my wife um, through Ria, knowing a little bit of, like about what I was about, like mm-hmm. and what I was trying to do career-wise. But you're right; there's a it's such a specific line, yeah. And it's like appreciation. That's fine. That's good. Right, right. But it can't be. Um, but it has to be genuine. It has to right. be coming from a place of then wanting to know like what you're about that you don't show people because you also have like this whole other side of you that has right. nothing to do with your career. Right. That's true for anybody that has any type of job. It's like there's the person you are at work, there's the person you are at home.
1: Yeah, I mean there's there's definitely two like when you think about do you want kids and all that kind of stuff and like how like oh do you want to be as mm-hmm. a parent? Like when do you I know,
0: is that making uh, that's making me sweat just as you're bringing <laughs> it up. Shoot, I got to drink some of this coffee. So I got to get I got to get home and find a baby right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Like,
1: I like I don't I don't feel myself gaining energy as mm. the years go by. No
0: no sir. <laughs> no like, I do not.
1: All my friends who are like new parents, uh when I ask them, I'm like, What so what's going on? How is it? And they're like it's the like greatest thing ever, but like also it's the worst thing. <laughs> like I, I know I haven't slept and got like all this time, and I'm like, so you're saying I shouldn't do it? And they're like no, you should totally do it. And I'm like, is this like a misery loves company kind of thing? <laughs> like do you want me to do this because you did it, and we can both be awake together. Well right I mean it's also
0: like we're living in this moment right now where you get to choose a little bit more timing wise. Right. So like my sister just had her first kid at 39 and she's like I'm so glad that I like I was totally ready right now but then she's also like but but straight up like this should have been medically impossible. Like I, <laughs> like I should not have been biologically able right. to do this because I'm too tired to be doing right. this right now. Yeah. But at the same time like good on me for achieving so many things career wise first right. like I made the right choice but also oh my god this is the wrong choice. <laughs>
1: yeah I remember, I, it's so funny that that advice rings in my head constantly. Where I remember me and John when I was working at Daily Show were sitting in the conference room, and he'd ask like Did I did I want kids?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think maybe someday." And he was like, "Let me tell you." <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh no!
1: He was like, "Do it early because kids are a young man's game." Okay, John like, Stewart. And sure. And uh, he because he's like, it is. It, is, it takes a lot of energy, especially when you, like, do what we do and you're, like, at work 12 hours a day or you're, like, like working TV. Like, it's just not uh, a job that uh, pumps you full of energy. You come home very tired. The last thing you would want to do is, like, deal with a kid on top of all that after 12, 13 hours of working on a TV show. So the older you get, the harder <laughs> I mean, it I comes. hear
0: all of that, right? Yeah. And I feel like I've been given the same advice, and then I also have friends that are like, just fit it in, fit it in between. But then I, I also want to kind of always say to that, like, I understand that that it's not like straight cisgender people can just like always mad- magically have a baby exactly when they want to, right. but if you're at all in the queer community, this shit is more com- complex. Like, it is just more complex. Right. There's other factors coming yeah. in that, like, it's not something that I can uh, make happen right. ever by accident or <laughs> right. ever by fun. You know, it's, like, it's going to be like a series of Very, forms, right? Regardless, <laughs> right. there's always going to be something I have to sign. Right. So I I'm trying to figure out how to factor that in too. When you're like, no, I know everything you're saying is right, but like, do you understand how much paperwork is involved in this for me?
1: <laughs> right, and then like. Sometimes I go on vacation. I'm like, "Oh, this is nice that I don't have to think about anything (laughs) other than myself." Yeah, totally. (laughs) And I bought like one ticket or like Mm -hmm. two tickets, and that's it. The one thing that always excuse me. The one thing that always makes me feel like maybe I don't want kids is when I'm in the airport and I see a dad with like three or four kids and he's trying to wrangle them to get them on the plane and like one's screaming in the stroller and one's running away from him and he's like holding one and and like every time I see this I'm like it just makes my body just, like, shut down. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's also
0: probably because you, like, fly a lot for work. Like, like our jobs involve travel. So we already fucking dread air travel. You're just like, I have my system. This is how I get through the airport because I have to do it so much. It's
1: so seamless.
0: Sometimes I, I, like, have to remind myself that those big families probably don't – like, they probably don't commute on a Monday through Friday schedule constantly. Like, it's like they're getting through it like that. Yeah, And it's, like, their their annual trip.
1: And I've seen, like, like, taking kids – to like Caribbean islands and things like that. I'm like, you're going on vacation with all of them. Like, how is <laughs> but this? But that's because be? they're like, I
0: just have to get there, and I just have to get back, and I'll do it again in three to five years. Right. Like that's like, right. That's
1: like, very different. Man, good, good luck to you. Yeah,
0: man. exactly. But, Cheers, congratulations on your achievement for getting those children somewhere.
1: But I'm like, yeah, where? Like, when does that? When does that happen? Like, do I just fucking? Play it by ear. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't have. Do you plan it? I, do you just let it happen? Do you like?
0: I'm. I have three years on you, so why don't you ask me in two years, and I'll give you like just a little bit of reconnaissance from down the road.
1: Well, the the one thing I, I uh, the one thing I don't want to happen is like I know me, and I know how much I love to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're
0: going to sleep through having a baby?
1: <laughs> exactly. I don't, wanna, I don't want it to happen, and then I'm like oh, fuck, like what... What did I just do? <laughs> like, <laughs> I
0: think you figure it out though, because the thing is is like you're talking about your job and it's like uh, yeah, I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning. That you just figure I think you figure all of it out. I think the problem is you and I have had too much time to think about it. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. It's also, like when you like, have all this planning, you can be like, Oh, I'm terrified <laughs> of this.
1: Also, like I know the five AM wake ups end in three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, that's like, a fair point. You're like, then you're it's like eighteen
0: years. Yeah, that's right, how long I've been right.
1: it's like three weeks and I get to go back to waking up at ten. <laughs> But
0: I think part of it. I truly think it's like it's like when you have to wait a, on a, v- a very long line to go on a roller coaster, right. where if like you just walked on, you'd be fine. Right. But it's like if you're like, oh, two hours from now, I'm gonna do something that might scare me. Right. Like, that's fucking yeah, worst. Yeah, so exactly. that's it's like you need a baby fast pass, but we don't have that <laughs> because we're just too complicated. Well, I want to ask you. I want to ask you another couple questions that I felt like I was about to get to. And then I started making some side conversation uh, <laughs> just about like your experience, I guess kind of in the comedy world, because you're saying, you know, like your personal friendships and things like that, your family relationships, you're kind of talking about what it's like to be out in those spaces. And then you were saying that not all of your coworkers know, but like, what's it like just been, been like generally in the comedy world to sort of have this identity, not always be sure if folks know about it, right? like any of um, that.
1: I mean... I feel like most of my comedy friends are aware because those are the people you probably associate with the most mm-hmm. or you see the most and, like, we all follow each other on social media. I was just saying, plus so people like, know
0: what's up yeah, so they see like what, Twitter and stuff. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, got it. see what's going
1: on. And so um, in that regard, it's, it's been, like, totally, like, fine. Like, I don't um, – like, I get offered – jobs and things because of it like people know and they're like oh this is like a show that has that could use your expertise kind of thing um but um i've never funny enough i've never really talked about it on stage because i just i'd always talked about like politics and other and like uh observational shit and i just never found uh I was like, I'm going to talk about it when I feel like I have something to really say about it. Because um, I do know that, like, there are, like, queer comics who, like, never talk about it. because, But they're, like, hilarious and it's just not a part of their stand-up. It's just, like, it's a part of their life. Like, they'll talk about it the moment they get off stage. But it's just like, it's just not what I talk about up here. Um, I feel like once I've found uh, a way to talk about it that I find... Like, interesting or fascinating enough, then I'll probably do it, like, start doing jokes about it. But also, like, I also haven't done a lot of stand up in the last, like, year or so just because of working in TV. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: And I probably have come up with more things to talk about in that time period. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been really fine. Like, I was in the beginning, I was like, worried, like, oh, how's this gonna, like, be? because um, people love to force you into a corner like the gay comics the like like the black comics the like that whole thing um but it's not it's not really changed anything mm. it's been a lot of the pretty much the same
0: do you think any part of folks like not asking you follow up questions I just wonder if it if any of it has to do with like how you present and what I mean by that is like you look so um anything it's like you don't look. You're yeah. not trying to claim a, vi- right. a visual awareness. Yeah, I think that's so- part of it.
1: I think it feels very like nor- heteronormative to people mm. where they just like, they probably forget. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and it, it's just like, it doesn't, it's not like in their face. It's not like obvious to them that when they look at me and go, they can like identify like- <laughs> right. Oh, he's wearing like pink nail polish all the time or some type right. of like
0: or she's wearing shorts with boots, which is what I'm wearing right now because I had to run yeah. out of the house and I didn't realize that I look like a park ranger. It's fine. Yeah. It's good to look like a park ranger.
1: It's cool. I th- I think that I think that that has probably played a played a big part of it in just my life in general that I mean, I think I where did I write or talk about like just even in school, like I remember kids who would get picked on for looking gay or like being perceived as gay. And I never had any, I never presented in any of those ways. So, in a way, I was like, I felt like lucky
2: mm.
1: or like, like I was like, oh, like lucky me. I just seemed like one of the guys. And I think that carried over to adulthood where it was just like people just forget
0: isn't that weird? Because it's also like when I, you know, when we met downstairs, I was like, oh, you're like a tall person. I'm like a tiny person. I always think everybody's going to be my same size. And and I I also think it's like the things that we identify and associate with queerness are are so arbitrary. We're like, how tall are you? Six, seven. Yeah. So like, I literally think, and you're also, you have like broad shoulders, like a, you know, like you're like a big dude, you're like a burly looking, like strong looking guy. And so I feel like it's, Like, our our brains are so dumb. Somebody would literally be like, this person's, like, too tall for gay. Like, like, (laughs) gay's not tall. Like, uh, gay's, like, small. Like, like, you know, it's like, we're so arbitrary. We're just so silly.
1: That's exactly why I want to, like, tear down all of that shit. Where it's just like, like, you don't have to, you shouldn't be able to look at a person and immediately just start compartmentalizing who you think they are. Like, you should be able to look like me or look like you and you still not assume you're a lesbian or assume I'm straight. Like you that's just how it should be. Like, and so many, I think so many of the factors that contribute to what ends up being like things that harm us or our community is people going, uh, looking at you and, and immediately judging you. Like there are people who will say, who've said, like, negative things to me about gay people having no idea, thinking that it was, like, a safe space to say something like that. And then I had to tell them. I was like, well, just so you know <laughs> who well, you just said that to. And then it becomes, like, the whole song and dance of trying to clean it up. And you're just like, well, it's too late now. Yeah. Um, and that's the danger of it where it's like, you know what? Like, not every uh, gay, bi, lesbian person looks like what you think they look like. And uh, you should just... Fucking let people be. You should just stop assuming this equals that. They're like this is what masculine looks like. This is what gay looks like. And um, yeah, that's a big part of what I want to do on my show, which is just like for people to see someone who they look at and would ten out of ten people would probably go, oh, that's a straight guy, and uh, be like, actually, no, this is they look like me too.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: Because I was at a bar last weekend, uh, watching the Cavs game in West Hollywood. Um, and
0: wait, are you a Cavs fan? Do we have we no. talked about this? No, you no. no.
1: I was just watching. Wh- I just, Who are you? Who are you? I'm a Lakers fan.
0: Oh God, but. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I was just gonna say that Rhea's is a huge Cavs fan. We would have had a whole conversation I do support about them. It. by
1: proxy, I okay. do support them All because right. I have some like friends, close Ohio friends, but also there's like. Homage, this T-shirt company in Ohio, who I love. I
0: know all about like, Homage. They, they send us stuff. Uh, they send yeah, they yeah send me stuff. So, in deep over there. Yeah. So I, uh,
1: <laughs> I, but I like when my team's not. I support. I support LeBron and, and the Cavs.
0: Okay, great. That's I had um, to make sure that was true so yeah. that we didn't have to end the. Interview. <laughs> Every person has to say I support LeBron and the Cavs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, wholeheartedly.
0: But you were saying you were but, at the you were yeah, watching Cavs game.
1: And that there was uh a guy who walked. These actually, it was two guys who walked in. And I was like, are these, like, straight guys just, like, just want to watch the game with this bar? Like, I legit had that same where I was like, what's going on here? Because, like, if they're straight, I'm interested because it's cool that they feel comfortable hanging out here. And if they're not, it's, like, great to see, like, these type of guys feeling comfortable enough to come to a place like that because we were like the only probably only three or four black people in there, mm. but that part was fascinating to me. It's just like, oh, I wonder how many people there was a straight. Uh, well, I won't say straight couple. I can't assume what they were. There was a couple there, a man and a woman. Um, they could very well both be uh, it, whatever, anything, anything. Yes. And um, but it was like I was just fascinated in the environment of like how people move through spaces. Because there are a lot of straight people who hang out in West Hollywood and, like, are comfortable going to the bars and taking advantage of those drink specials.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, um yeah, I, w- I remember having that moment where I was, like, doing what people do to me. Like, interesting. <laughs> like, what's happening here?
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is, like, I also think – I also think that it is cool and rad to like want to look identifiably queer. And I also think, you know, what's awesome about what the conversation that you're having is like that all of it's on the table and all of it is improved by conversation. Like you're saying, it's literally like, well, like, oh, why do you present like that? And then like have folks talk about it or whatever. Like these are really cool conversations. I
1: love when I see queer people who like are like outwardly trying to like let you know like yeah this is like i when i see them walking out, i'm like i love you like go like i'm so happy for you it, like but i couldn't if i tried to do that it would be me faking it because it's just exactly not, it's just nobody, not, needs yeah. nobody needs
0: to be doing that nobody needs to be doing that nobody needs to be putting on something that yeah isn't them.
1: it's like i would like I wish I could pull that off, (laughs) but, like, that's just not who I am as a person. Like, this is who I am, and I'm so glad that you get to be who you are, and you get to, like, dress that way and look beautiful and sexy and all those things, but it's like I can't put that on and, like, still feel like me. That's just not who I am, but, like, I should get to be me, and be a part of the community and you should get to be you yep. and be a part of the community. And uh, and so it's like, who cares what you outwardly identify as or outwardly look like? You shouldn't just fucking judge. You shouldn't judge people. You should let people be who they are.
0: And wouldn't the dream be like if this conversation and that mentality could eventually like move into straight culture? Yeah. So like, that like straight people weren't so constantly fucking stressed out? Yeah, because I like, feel like. That would reduce violence enormously.
1: Absolutely, like you should be able to dress that way and still be straight, and yeah. it not matter. Yeah, like, wouldn't not, that
0: be fucking yeah, mind blowing? Like,
1: if you just want to fucking dress in like like David Bowie and not have people question your sexuality, yeah. like fucking do cool. it because Bowie was fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> just like do what you want. Like, I think there was a, um, I don't know where I saw it, but something about how um, men like these straight men who cross dress um, at these like big event, like parties or something, how it was like considered okay in this particular space because it was a way for them to let out this part of them that wanted to be this level of free, but they could only allow themselves to do it in this space, in this time, in this context and not in their everyday lives. And That's sad (laughs) that you don't feel that level of freedom in your everyday life to just, like, be whoever the fuck you want to be and it not mean a thing. Yeah. It just, you, like, you can be who you are and you can be the most, like, manliest man and, like, if you want to wear fucking tight jeans or a dress or whatever, like, fucking do it. And it changed nothing about you.
0: I think what we're advocating for is actually – straight pride parades <laughs> you know how people are always <laughs> like where's my straight pride parade and then we're like well it's every day but then it's also not right. like people are so fucking stressed out and nervous all the time I nah think, yeah. all of us all of us having constant parades right. of constant pride
1: <laughs> I do I think that's a big part of it where it's like they don't have you see people being free and you don't feel like you have the permission to do it and you feel confined to your your straight, masculine identity or your, whatever society's told you you're supposed to be. And you're looking at these people go, look, I get to do and be whatever the fuck I want. And I think we all crave that freedom. And I think we all deserve that freedom. And I think it's up to us by having the conversation to to allow especially men of all colors to like just free yourself from this societal version of what you think a man is supposed to be. Like it's so archaic, this idea of like a man is supposed to do this and be a provider and be strong and never cry and like, like, fuck that. Like I can't even tell you any time in my life I've heard a man say, I feel sad or like that hurt me. I I legitimately can't. And that's sad that, that like, makes
0: me feel sad. <laughs> yes. Like,
1: yeah, like the fact that like you can't even talk about um, how you feel to anyone. And I think that has to die. Like the idea of of what you've been told a man is supposed to be has to die. And I think not only does it free men, but it like it frees women to not no longer be victims of this fucking crazy awful toxic identity that men wake up every morning and put on and out into the world thinking this is who I have to be and it's really hard to to let it go but I mean I think when you experience what freedom feels like <laughs> you'll you'll wish you'd done it a lot sooner
0: okay well that was beautiful you did an amazing job of articulating <laughs> like a uh, life <laughs> lifelong mission statement. And you're <laughs> you. a delight and I'm just like so glad I had a chance to talk oh, to you. Thank
1: you. I'm so happy I got to do this. It's yeah. really fun.
0: And before I, I send you back out into your life and for you to continue the awesome work that you're doing, I just wanted to give you a chance to shout out a queero, which is a person or place or thing that made you feel confident in the person you are.
1: Oh man, I there's so many. Um I mean my mind immediately goes to like James Baldwin who I feel like could see through the world in this country like nobody else. And just the way he wrote and the things he the things he said. And then like Freddie Mercury who I love mm. who is just one of the most amazing performers and just outwardly expressive queer people who like just like I think about him when I need to like Feel that type of like ownership of of myself, like just like fuck whatever you think about me, because like I can go out in a leotard and like yeah. belt out this amazing fucking song and have a an arena with a fucking hundred thousand people going nuts. Like it's it's like from an entertainment perspective, like Freddie is someone who I I, I admire so much. But from a a personal like, life perspective, like, James is somebody. Like, I carry around a copy of of uh, The Fire Next Time with me everywhere I go. It's, like, tattered and, like, fucked up. <laughs> like, it's in my bag no matter where I go. I just have it with me.
0: Oh, man. I mean, great, great choices. <laughs> and I, I also think, you know, when, when we talk about Freddie, it's like so, you know, his, because Queen songs have been sort of repurposed or like appropriated as like sports culture which is also great and fine. but that feeling of like pumping you up to be your best that like that is meant to apply to the thing you were just talking about which is like that personal freedom like go out and be the person that you are it's like we think of it as if it's like, go out and, 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 and like, I want to see you doing layups. Right. I want to see you dunking. But it's really like, go out and, you know, like, yeah. strut strut the streets however you want to.
1: Yeah, that's why Don't Stop Me Now is my favorite Queen song. That's my
0: you know, favorite know? Queen song. Yeah, it's my favorite Queen song. I used to song. listen to it all the time I before st- going on yeah, stage I to do stand like, Yeah, I
1: still do. it's like, my favorite, too. It is my absolute favorite song. Like, cause to me, it just, it embodies everything about life The life I want to live and the way I want to represent myself and um, I probably listen to it a couple times a week at least
0: having such a good time (laughs) having a ball right you're the best man yeah rock and roll I can't wait to continue to follow all the awesome things that you achieve and get into in your
1: career thank you so much thank you for having me